What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. It's Friday. You made it through the week. Congratulations. Um, but don't let that happiness of being on a Friday get to you so quickly. Because tonight is game one. And if you're a Nuggets fan, that should immediately terrify you. As <laughs> the At least it, it terrifies me. The Denver Nuggets will be facing LeBron James and the LA Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I can't believe I'm saying that. I, I really can't believe I'm saying that at all, but it's happening tonight. So um, hopefully I ruined your Friday as I woke up this morning feeling very scared and anxious. And uh, yeah, the Lakers are again on a mission to destroy my dreams and break my heart. And this time it's LeBron James, the man I've been rooting for for like the last 12 years. So don't be selfish, LeBron. Give me this. Give me this this time. Like like Tim Duncan said to you in your first finals, hey, thanks for giving this one to us this time. Give this one to us this time, all right, LeBron? You've been here like 74 times already. Do you need another one? It's a bubble one. It won't really count like, like a regular one, like a regular one. So, so just give this to us. Let us have it. Let us enjoy it. But we'll talk about that. Obviously, game one tonight, 7 p.m. Um, we'll give our NFL picks. Uh, I would just like to say to the state of Ohio, oh, Ohio, Ohio, and uh, specifically Cincinnati, I hate you. I hate you with every part of me. So you picked um, Cincinnati. I did. Yes, and they oh, were in that game. Man. They were in that game. It's funny because I was I was getting ready to go take a shower last night, and I was looking at the game, and it was it was like twenty one or it was it was twenty eight thirteen. I think it was, and Cincinnati was on the goal line, and they were about to score. I was like, okay, cool. They'll cut this to like a seven point game. I get out of my shower and I come back downstairs. Or no, it was 21-13, and I get out of my shower, come back downstairs. They're down 15 now. And I was like, wait, did they not score? They were literally at, like, the three-yard line. What happened? And then they end up losing because, of course, I, I can't – I mean, I couldn't trust any of those teams. I still have a three-game cushion on you, so I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm not sweating it. I'm, um, I'm all right because Thursday night games with you, like, if we go 500 for the rest of the season on Sundays, I will win because you will you will lose – 90% of your Thursday night games. I don't know about 90%. I got last week's right, I think. Last week's was a given. It was Kansas City. Still got it right, though. You still had to make the pick, all right? That's why I said 90%. Still had to make because the pick. There, because there will be a couple of those <laughs> that are, you know, stupid easy. But you, you just, you and Thursday night games, it's hilarious. Well, you still it, had to make the pick, so I'm taking my credit for that. So, but I still have a three game cushion, so I'm I'm fine. I'm not sweating That's nothing, nothing yet. I'm not that sweating. Is, you know how many games there are every week? That yeah, is I'm nothing. just gonna pick every game you pick from every 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 game now, now going forward. You know, so you know who you're acting like. You know who you're acting like. You're acting like the Clippers. Oh, that's that's, that's who you're acting like right now. No, I I think we should make a rule going forward that whoever is in the lead each week has to go first. So that way they can't, you know, pick just safe and conservative. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually like that. I actually like that. So so if you're in the lead, you got to pick first. Uh, if we're tied, I don't know. We'll just, we'll just figure something out. Maybe we could do one, two, three, shoot, like rock, paper, scissors, and we'll say it at the same time. I don't know. Maybe it's even that way. I don't know. Uh, but we'll talk about our NFL picks, and then we will uh, preview the week two loss of the Denver Broncos. So we're going to get to all that today uh, against the Steelers. So... Um, I don't think we're going to miss anything. We're not going to miss anything <laughs> here. 
Um, <laughs> but first, where, where do you want to start? You want to you want to get the the bad stuff out of the way with the Broncos, or do you want to talk about the Nuggets first? Uh, we can get to the bad stuff honestly because I don't really want to. I mean, it's just laughable at this point with the Broncos. Um, I don't even know where to start with them. Did we talk about them on Monday? Or, um, I guess we haven't been on yeah. since they played, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we did. Didn't we? Did we? Yeah, I think we did. Did we just talk about Nuggets or did we actually get to them? Pretty sure we got to them. I don't know. Maybe maybe that tells us what we need to know right there. <laughs> maybe Obviously, if we did, it wasn't memorable. So. Well, here, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if I, I got this out, but I'm going to say this real quick. Um, the uh, the comments, uh, Vic Fangio, uh, if I were if I were the GM, uh, if I were a GM or the president of operations of any team and my head coach said that. They would be uh, they would be fired. Uh, that is embarrassing. That is um you weren't paying attention because you were too focused on your play calling. Really? Really? That's that's your excuse. That's embarrassing. You know you're the head coach, right? Like like how you know, it's funny. When he was hired, everyone was so excited. Cuz they're like, "Oh, he's been around and he's a veteran head coach or he's a veteran coach." blah 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 blah. And I'm just thinking, why why hasn't he been a head coach ever before? We got our answer. We we, we got we've gotten our answer. And I believe uh I believe what that that six or seven um blown games by this team, like two three point games I, in the last seventeen. I, that's just he doesn't he doesn't know how to be a head coach. And it's funny. I wanna it's it's different, but it, it still applies. Okay, we've talked about Charles Barkley came on and he was talking about NBA head coaches, and he said if you're not a great offensive head coach, you're never gonna be a great head coach. That applies to the NFL, but but differently. So in the NBA, obviously a head coach is a little bit more involved offensively, right? The plays, all that stuff. In the NFL, you got these defensive head coaches, right? They're not calling offensive plays. But what they are doing is they are giving their offense opportunities. Whether it's it's clock management, whether it's decision-making with going for a field goal or going for an off-fourth down, it's, it's those decisions that impact the offense a lot, right? That is, you got to give your offense opportunities. And there's other defensive head coaches that are great at that. The one, the 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 one is the greatest head coach of all time, Bill Belichick. He had Tom Brady, but guess what? He had to put Tom Brady in positions for him to, you know, minute and a half, forty second drives to get a field goal, right? He had to get his defense and make decisions in order to get Brady the ball. He had to call certain timeouts. He had to go on fourth down. Go for it on fourth down. He had to kick the field goals when he needed to. So if you're not a great, if you're not a great offensive head coach, you're never gonna be a great head coach. And that applies to the NFL. It's just slightly different. It's it's making sure that 
you're putting your offense in a position to succeed. And he has never done that. Not once. So, and it shows. It, it shows. Six, seven, however many games where it's a two, three-point lead. That is little decisions. Now, look, Jerry Judy had a couple of drop passes. Um, you know, that, Philip Lindsay got hurt for whatever that's worth. Uh, I didn't th- like your was... tone on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I caught that. That's not a slide. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> so uh, it's just there's other things that could have happened, you know, with the offense specifically that, you know, they, they could have won. They could have put their self, th- themselves in a position where it didn't come down to that. But as a head coach, you gotta. If if you're gonna be a conser- conservative head coach, why are you going for it on fourth down to get a touchdown? Why can't you just kick the field goal? Because you would just you would won. If you if you're th- if you think your defense can hold and be that good, why are you going for it on fourth down to get a, try and get a touchdown, and when you can just kick an easy field goal and get three points? Why? Those are those are the things that that is very concerning. And if they don't turn it around and they do go three and thirteen like you think, if they go even I would say five and eleven, Vic Fangio should not be the head coach by week ten. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean I, I can't really disagree with anything you're saying there besides the Phil slander, which you continue to do and I'm very angry about. But I think this just goes back to is there's never a plan. Like when the Broncos yeah. do something, they always do undo they, they do something and then they do something else that undoes what they did. So it's like why did we do that when we did this? Uh for example, you have a a Pro Bowl running back who's on a cheap contract, uh but you go pay 9 million dollars to a running back and bring him in. Uh when when you know, he's had fumbling issues. And what did we see week one? He fumbled in a key moment. Yep. I'm just telling you right now, Philip wouldn't have fumbled that. Now, Philip got hurt. But at the same time, I don't think Philip would have fumbled that. You know how many fumbles Philip Lindsay has in his uh, two plus years of playing in the NFL? I believe it's zero in the, in the pros. And I think he had one in college, if I have that right. Uh, regardless, he doesn't put the ball on the ground. Now, Judy's drops were huge. They came at huge moments. Yep. One of them was a big play that could have been a huge first down, maybe more. Uh, the but other I'm one okay was... with giving him a pass. Yes, I'm giving him a pass, for, for so to speak. For um, week one. Yeah. That's it, though. But, but his drops, I think, especially the second one, if he catches that one, I believe it was on a third down. The the Broncos almost said the Nuggets. The the, the Nuggets know how to seal games. The Broncos don't. Uh, right. The Broncos would have sealed that game if Judy catches that that one in the third quarter. Um, I think it was late in the third quarter, but he didn't. He drops that one. So you can leave it there too. But it, but like I said, it's just always the Broncos do stuff, but then they undo it with something else that they do, and it starts from the top. You know, it's John Elway making decisions that always seem to counteract what he does. You know, it, it's like we don't want to pay Chris Harris, but we're gonna go bring in a, a cast off from Jacksonville and AJ Boye. It, what, why? What, what is what is the point of that? Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pay our our kicker, uh, but we can't give Philip Lindsay you know a decent extension that keeps him locked into the team. You know, it, it's stuff like this that I don't get. Um, you know, it's going for these these bargain bin right tackles instead of you know two years where there was good tackle drafts. We don't take a tackle. So what are we doing here? 
and then we wonder why we have the, the problems that we have. Now, with, with Fangio, listen, his comments, and, and I tweeted this the other day, real red flags have now been raised. Okay, Vic told you last year, and it's happened this year too, in practice, he doesn't really focus on the offense. He's watching the defense. Uh, that should be a red flag right there. You're the head coach. You should spend time watching everything, not just one side, everything. Okay, that that's number one. Number two, he told you last year he doesn't he he doesn't feel comfortable or he wasn't comfortable calling defensive plays on the sideline because he was so used to the booth. Okay, that should be number two. All right, right there. Uh, number three, he tells you that their head coaching in in key moments, clutch moments, by committee. Like he's not making he's he's getting everybody else's opinions. Why are you doing that, Vic? You are the head coach. You need to make those decisions. I get maybe last year just getting advice from everyone. Okay, fine. But we're still doing this in, in year two? And then number four, you were too focused on a defensive play call instead of managing the game that was hanging in the balance? What are Your we doing? Your number one job? Right, again, <laughs> what are we doing? And the Broncos, listen, I get you want to keep a strength of strength. I get, you know, the mantra, maybe more it's so no in the NFL. A strength. It's no longer a strength. Right, but but in the mo- the mantra in the NFL, more so than any sports, is defense wins championships. And we've seen it firsthand here. We've seen it many times. But when that happens, it's usually an exceptional all-time defense that does it. The Denver Broncos are still stuck in this mindset that we can win by our defense carrying us. And to the Broncos' defense credit throughout the years, the story has always been, Oh, the defense plays well enough for this team to win, at least most of the time. They play well enough to keep the game close, and the offense for three quarters just stinks it up. Maybe they score a touchdown here, they kick a field goal there, they they, they drive down 50 yards there, but they stall. The offense always sputters. And then late in the game, the offense is like, oh my god, we should do something. And then they do something, and then the defense can't get a stop. So the Broncos are still in this mindset of, Oh, we can win by just playing great defense. No. I mean, I get it. If you want to go that route, you better have an all-time defense. They do not have an all-time defense. They need to find a way, and maybe this won't happen until John Elway eventually just gets out of the front office. But they need to find a way to adapt to the times. And I thought they were starting to do it with how they drafted. Uh, They have a lot of young talent on offense. Right. Again, it goes back to you do one thing and then you do the opposite. So you hire Vic Fangio, who's this defensive head coach, who, again, I, and we've talked about it plenty of times, I don't get, I don't get hiring all these defensive head coach, I, coaches. I don't. I don't get it. Your defense is, is, is really good. Your offense is crap. Why can't you put a little bit more focus into that? Why? And then... So, so you you obviously tell us you want to go defense, right? And then in the draft, you draft two wide receivers back to back. So what what do you what 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 is your plan? What are you trying to do? Why didn't you draft two corners back to back instead, which would make more sense with what you're trying to tell us with your head coach, right? Now I liked drafting two wide receivers, I did, but it doesn't make sense with everything else that you're trying to do you're you're it's just 
What are you doing? What, what's your plan? Why are you paying $9 million towards a running back? Which, by the way, good thing they did because Philip Lindsay did get hurt. So at least they do have someone. So, but again, I, I liked the move, but you're, you're, you're going against your original plan of who you hired at head coach. So, so what, what are you, why are you going back and forth here? It, it, that, that's not how it works. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I've, I, I had more optimism about this season than I have in six years. And I'm back right down with you now. This, this is a three and 13, maybe four and 12 team. And honestly, you know how we always talk about it's, it's not always about necessarily the player that you that you draft it's it's about the team that that drafted player goes to i feel really bad for drew lock i feel really really bad for drew lock because he's gonna get the beginning of his career ruined and he may not be able to recover he played well he he did other than the the two drops by jerry judy in that case he should have went 24 of 33 realistically right i mean i thought he, he went 20 okay. He went His... 22 of 33, 216 yards and a touchdown. He played okay if it wasn't for bad drops. Well, that and he missed like three or four deep balls. Like he overshot guys. Yeah. Um, which and, and, again and... is starting to come back to what people were saying about him in the draft was his footwork. Sometimes he gets a little lazy mm-hmm. with his footwork and he throws off his back foot. He drifts in the pocket and he tries to make cute throws like Patrick Mahomes off of his back foot. Now he has the arm strength to do it. But listen, man, his, just, t- his touchdown throw right. was a great throw. The the touchdown throw to I, I didn't uh, I didn't like that throw. I mean, I get it was a nice throw, but it was a great any, throw. It was a bad decision. Yes, but I mean, it but worked it, out. But, but his arm strength. But those are things where you need your coaching staff to be paying attention and helping him. He's a young quarterback. Look at Kansas City. Who do they have a head coach? That's why Patrick Mahomes is as good as he is already. Mahomes is not supposed to be as good as he is at 22, 23 years old. He's not. But guess who they have at at the head coach position? They put their focus there. And they find great defensive coordinators to take care of that side of the ball. And as a head coach, you're still paying attention to that side. Because your defensive decisions affects your offense. Yeah, I, they I, they they are ruining Drew Locke as we speak. I mean, we could easily be going down that road for sure. Um, but back to that, the, like, it it was good that it worked out because they scored a touchdown. Yeah. But any other time, no. Wh- why would that, you that ever should, run across yeah. the other side of the field and throw back to the middle? Right. Well, I mean, credit to lucky. Noah Fant to coming back. Right. No, no. If Noah Fant didn't come back, that's a pick. So, and and by the way, Noah Fant played great. I don't know how you don't target him in, in the second. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and I'm not buying um, their excuses of, well, we had a bunch of three and outs in the first half, so it limited our opportunity. So you can't target him on first down? You can't run a play action and, and, and throw it to him on first down? And you look, have they didn't have – You know, eight plays into a series before you target him? Right. And, and look, to, and, the offense to me <laughs> actually looked decent. Not, I, I'm not going to say good or great. They looked decent. They, the offense looked how I thought they would look the first two weeks, 
Remember I said weeks three or four, that's where you want to see the offense start putting up 23 points, right? Well, if you look at what they did yesterday, or yesterday, in, in, against Tennessee on Monday, they, they had they got 14 points, right? Now, in order, they need nine more points to get 23. Well, they did not take a field goal. That's three points right there. Jerry Judy had two big drops in two different possessions. If he makes those catches, you don't know what happens after that. Even, you know, and then uh, Melvin Gordon had a fumble when they were driving. So could they have gotten 23 points? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The the two drops by a rookie in his first game, I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, not taking a field goal <laughs> when you're a defensive team, I hope that doesn't happen again. I mean, but I, I personally, I, I was fine I, with Look, that I, 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 I personally like the idea of going for it, yes. But it goes against, again, it goes against everything that you've said and who you are. Aren't you a defensive team? If you well, take the field goal, you win. I would and I say, get it, hindsight 2020, but take the points. I would say, well, yeah, now, I mean, hindsight, yes, take the points. But I would say, uh, to argue against that, I mean, I, I I, think Vic has so much belief in his defense that it's, you know what, if we don't get it here, they're at the one-yard line. I believe my defense can stop them from driving 99 yards down the field to score a touchdown. Um, which I don't know if they they stopped him or not. I don't know if the Titans ended up I scoring. Um, but I didn't mind. I didn't mind going for it. What I did mind was a shuffle pass to Jake Butt. Why? Yeah. And, and a lot of people right. have made this argument throughout the week. You paid a running back, a power back, nine million dollars right. to come in. Who's by the way, who's great at those at, at those at plays. scoring touchdowns? Like if there's yeah. one thing Melvin Gordon does is score touchdowns. Um, and you gave it to him, I think once, uh, maybe if he even got, I know Phil got a carry. Um, and then it's, I think second down was a missed pass to, to Jake Bud or Vanette. Um, and then third down, I can't remember what they did. Maybe they gave it to Melvin there, but that you don't give it to him on fourth down. You can't come up with, you know, something better to do there. It's a, it's a shovel pass to, to Jake Bud with the timing thrown on. It was, it was all kinds of just weird, but again, it comes back to, it just seems like there's never a plan when something the the how Broncos games go is just the epitome of how Broncos seasons go. Think we do some really nice things in the beginning, and then it's like, oh my God, what are we doing right here in the middle? This is this is really bad. Oh, and then at the end, oh God, it's it's really bad. We don't know what we're doing, and it's just this constant cycle. And for the Broncos, listen, the reason I picked them to go three and thirteen was not because of lack of talent, and I had a guy on Twitter kind of. Kind of tell me your your opinion is nonsense. Why do you you know you're you're undervaluing the talent of this team? And I was like, well, if you look at my tweets, I didn't say anything about they're going three and thirteen because they suck and they have no talent. The reason I said they were going three and thirteen was one, it's a condensed off season. Okay, so not only does that hurt, but it hurts you even more because you have a essentially another a rookie quarterback. He only played five games. A rookie quarterback. Um, even though he's going into his second year, but he has little to no experience and you have another new offense along with another OC, uh, and a lot of young players at your skill positions. On top of that, you made no improvements to your offensive line. Your best tackle at right tackle opted out. Um, and you have a rookie center. So not only all of that, 
the offense in my mind is really going to struggle with all that. Then you throw in Chubb's not 100%, and he definitely didn't look it uh, Monday night because you didn't see anything from him besides one pressure to start the game. Uh, and then you had Von Miller get hurt. And then, boom, lo and behold, A.J. Boye goes down. He's down three weeks. Philip Lindsay goes down. He's day-to-day. Cortland Sutton gets hurt. All these things start to add up. And to me, it just it screams another bad season. And it's not because of a lack of talent. It's because of really just the circumstances surrounding this team. And not to mention your head coach doesn't know how to be a head coach. And then and then we get to this point, and now we're here with that. It's like he didn't even learn anything. And, and you know, we gave Vance Joseph so much crap. Um, but, I mean, this is like Vance territory here. Okay, This like, is worse. No, no, no. I, I would take Vance over this. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're 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 starting to get head and head. You know, I think VJ did some wild things while he was here. Uh, but Vic is just doing some really questionable things. He's clueless. And well, and hopefully it turns around. I mean, hopefully for him, it's maybe it's a little bit longer to learn things. I don't know, but. At when this point, when you're should... 70 years old and you've you've I don't know been in I, I don't know what else to say for how many years there, there's right. look there's a reason why he's never been a head coach apparently and hopefully he's he's seriously considering lightning because he told you he is overwhelmed so hopefully he himself heard himself say that and says hey maybe I should let Ed Donatel call the defense that way I can focus on being a head coach because yesterday. His comments about, hey, Vic, will you change your clock management strategy? No. And they asked him, why Why don't? Why won't you? Well, it happened one time. Uh, we're hoping that it's an anomaly. <laughs> You're hoping? Okay, first off, hope should not be your strategy. Hope should not be what you're banking on. And two, anomaly. No, Vic, this is not an anomaly because we had like three to four games last year where this happened. Okay? So it's not an anomaly. There's a common denominator here, and it's you mishandling how you manage time. And then he, you know, after the, you know, after the game, immediately in post game, he defended his use or lack thereof of timeouts of why he shouldn't have done it. Then the next day he's like, "Uh, I should have called a timeout. That's on me." Okay, Vic, so you're gonna change your strategy? No, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay the same way. Okay, so. Listen, this is not a we, – we don't want to pile on the Denver Broncos. Okay, we went to the 2015 parade. We actually shared happiness and joy when they won. We love to see that. But when they're bad, we're going to tell you when they're bad, and we're going to be honest about it. And I, I may be a little too pessimistic on my prediction. 3-13 and 13 may be I don't really, think you are really anymore. Low. Well, right now I feel really great about it. I'm going to be honest with you because they're going to the Steelers, which they're going to get their, their head kicked in. Okay, uh, and then they go on a Thursday night game, uh, another short week to the Jets. They're traveling East Coast. The Jets are a bad football team, uh, but I, I don't know if the Broncos can get that one. Something about that, just traveling to the East Coast on a short week, uh, playing, I, I just I just don't like that. Okay, you're traveling to New York. It'd be different if it was here, I guess, but still. And then after that, I believe you, or no, no, after, after the, the Steelers, you have Tampa Bay. So that's a loss. And then you play the Jets. Yeah. And then I think you play Miami. Um, in week five, I believe. Uh, so I just, I just, maybe I'm too pessimistic about my prediction, but maybe the most they get is five. I do not see this team getting more than five wins and maybe, you know, they get the, 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 the luck of the bounce in some of these games that they didn't get last year. But after seeing Monday night, 
maybe not. Maybe it's two years in a row of this. Yeah, and and my last thing too is, look this this defense. When when is the last time this defense has actually made a play? Like, like a like game a play. changing play. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't think of one that sticks so, out in my mind. And, and look, so. I haven't I haven't gotten all the praise that Justin Simmons has gotten over the last year or two. I'm sorry, he's not even a top ten safety. I I don't get it. He didn't look I, like I, it Monday I night. Really, I really don't get it. He hasn't looked like it for the past year. I don't get it. I've been I've been watching. I've been waiting. Do something. I get think opportunities. He's, a, he's a good player. I, he's just not he's a, a special he's a player. Good, he's a good player, but Darian Stewart made plays. TJ Ward made plays. He's just there for the ride. He, you so know, he, like he, he tackles when he needs to. He's there when he needs to, but he doesn't make the play. He was there on a possible pick. He didn't make the play. I, I don't get all the love for Justin Simmons. He looks like an average safety to me. And the fact that people wanted the Broncos to give him best safety money in the league is sad. Yeah, well, I mean, because we still have 15 more games to go, it, so he like, could change Maybe he's a great person and all, and I get that. And maybe that's why people love him. But he's not a great safety. He's not. Yeah. I mean, he still has time to prove us wrong. Um, I think Justin's he, good. I don't think he's worth top five safety, top ten safety money. Um, but maybe he proves us wrong. But right now it's looking like the Broncos were proved right in that situation and not paying him and, and making him bet on himself. Uh, real quickly before we get to our picks, though, I mean, is there anything the Broncos can do versus the Steelers to win? Because how I see it going is the Broncos won't be able to generate a pass rush. Big Ben will stand in the pocket for 18 years if he has to. And with no Boye, don't know how you're going to cover Juju and, and their receivers. Yeah. I don't know how the uh, offense is going to be able to keep up when the Steelers have a nasty front seven. That's what I keep hearing is that they have one of the best front sevens in the NFL. No Philip Lindsay, most likely. We don't even know if Cortland Sutton's going to play. So right. I just it, I, I don't see a situation how Broncos can win. If the Broncos do win, it's because Drew Locke has an amazing game. And he's able to get outside of the pocket, make plays. Um, That's the only way. They need Cortland Sutton for him to do that, too. So that's the only way that I see them winning. Um, And I like Drew Locke. Uh, but he's so early in his process, you can't expect that from him. That's just unfair. It's, it really is. It's it's really un- and and when you don't have the coaching staff to help you, I I don't I don't know how. Um, look, credit to Drew Locke for going out there and putting up twenty two at thirty three, two sixteen in a touchdown. Because honestly, he did that by himself without any help from his coaching staff. That's that's what I that's what I'm seeing, at least from his head coach. That that's what I'm seeing. Um so credit to him for he made a couple of bad throws, but at the same time zero interceptions, zero sacks. Like that's 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 him, you know? His offensive like he was getting pressured, he was getting hit. Credit to him for moving credit for him to of you know just getting outside in the pocket and making plays um 
So, it, it, like I said, if they win, it's because of him. Uh, I don't I don't know how. I, the, the Steelers have a great front seven, but they don't have a great secondary. So I think that's something where it may be, you know, especially if you if you have Sutton back, if if you can if Locke can buy himself enough time with his feet, I think they can make some plays. Um they need to get Melvin Gordon the ball um uh out just out in space. Um he only had three catches for eight yards. So that's something where again you need to use the guy who you you're paying seven, nine million dollars for, you know, what he's great at get him the ball in, in the passing game and let him go. And it's not just screens. It's other things. It's other routes that he can run. He can he can literally be a receiver. What If if Phil Lindsay and him are healthy and both out there, I want them both out there at the same time. Put Melvin Gordon in the slot. You know, put have a, have a formation where you have Drew in the shotgun and both of them right next to him on each side. Use them. You, you have two great weapons. Use them. Uh, so... Those are the things that this offense is going to have to win the game. Uh, the defense is the defense doesn't make you plays, so you're going to have to you're going to have to get it all yourself uh, if you're the offense. Um, so I, they're not going to win, but I want to continue to see more development from Drew Lock. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy is going to have a lot of eyes on him. Uh, we'll see if Sutton plays. Um, Noah Fant should be getting more than, you know, five catches in the game if he's going to play that well. So th- those are, it. look, it, the, the offense, I didn't expect them to get the 23 points that I expect from them in the first two weeks. I do expect that weeks, maybe, maybe not week three, I'll give them a pass, but week four, they better be getting 23 points. So that's kind of where I'm at, uh, but... You lost a winnable game, so that that you know for I guess seven and nine, <laughs> that puts you now at six and ten. That that was a winnable game. That's that's the game yeah. you needed. And they did well yeah. against Derrick Henry too. I mean, he had a hundred yards rushing yeah. to finish it, but I mean, it was not an easy night for Derrick Henry, and yeah. the Broncos couldn't do it. Um, I agree. By the way, with you, though. a rookie corner though look good. Uh, OJ Mudia. Yeah, he um, got an interception, he... and then Alexander Johnson had to yeah. you know. But, assert his his toughness and hit a guy that the play wasn't even coming to. So right. don't get that. He he looked good. He looked good. Yeah, well, he's gonna have to look good again this week <laughs> because yeah. the Steelers love to throw the ball around the yard. So we'll see if that holds a second week right. around. But I agree with you. I don't think the Broncos even get close in this game. Um it's probably like a twenty four ten and that might might be putting it lightly. Um for that maybe it's a garbage time. Uh, touchdown for the Broncos but let's let's go through our picks right now obviously last night Brandon had Cleveland I had Cincinnati thanks a lot Joe Burrow uh he threw like 61 passes last night did you see that yeah 61 passes goodness Cincinnati and I mean I saw a lot of yeah I didn't really watch a lot of the game because I, it's Cleveland Cincinnati so uh but I saw a lot of people tweeting that Joe Burrow is going to end up getting killed because Cincinnati offensive line cannot protect him so that's not a good thing but I, I heard he, he looked good in, in yeah he did look good in, in his action but uh New York Giants versus the Chicago Bears uh since I'm leading I will go first on this Chicago uh they pulled a miracle out for me last week uh you had the Detroit Lions in that one and honestly, the Lions should have won that game. The running back literally had it in his hands in the end zone and dropped it. Uh, so thank you for that, uh, Swift. 
But uh, Chicago came up big in that game. I'm not a believer in the New York Giants. Um, I just just not there. Joe Judge, he, he does some weird, quirky things, taping tennis balls to his cornerback's hands so they don't hold in training <laughs> camp. Uh, you know, I, I just I don't know. I don't know about him in that team. I think Chicago's a more talented team. I'm gonna go Chicago again here for the for the second week. Uh this is actually kind of a tough one. Um I, I can't I can't pick I have a hard time picking uh Trubisky. Um uh, I wanna go uh you know what, I'm gonna go with the Giants. All right, Daniel Jones and the Giants for Brandon. I, I can't, I can't pick. Maybe, maybe Saquon doesn't have six yards rushing this week. Uh, which exactly, which the and, Steelers and the Bears too last week. By the the way. Bears tend to do that thing where they get a they get a close win and then they just just fall apart the next week. Oh I, um, yeah, I'm definitely not confident in choosing the Chicago Bears. <laughs> I'm just going based so off they have more talent, but I, I really, um, I am truly predicting for Mitch Trubisky to Trubisky. Uh, so yeah, right. Uh, that's, is that's not... what I'm banking on. So I'm going to pick the giants Atlanta at Dallas. We saw Dallas come off of a, uh, a loss week one. I believe Atlanta mm-hmm. lost as well. Week one, uh, who did they lose to, uh, Seattle? Um, so I don't know for me, this is kind of a toss up game. Um, Atlanta's coming to Dallas. I think the Cowboys get their first win this week. Um, you know Zeke and, and and Dak and they have they have a lot of talent offensively uh, with that with that Dallas team. So I'm I'm gonna lean towards Dallas this week. Yeah, I'm gonna go Dallas. Uh, Atlanta didn't look good. Uh, obviously Seattle is a great team, but um, they they really struggled. That offense really struggled. The defense couldn't stop anyone. So I, Zeke has a big game. I think Dallas wins pretty easily. Detroit, after a heartbreak game in week one, they will go to Green Bay, who, I'll be honest, they looked way better in week one than I thought they would. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks back to playing like a, a young I got Aaron that one Rodgers. right. Yeah, yeah. So um, thanks, Kirk <laughs> Cousins. Thanks for letting me down again. Uh, so I'm going to go Green Bay this time. I will not be fooled. I'm going to go with the best quarterback in this one. But, I, you know, with, with these – NFC North games, I mean, I fully expect to be let down and Detroit to come away with some miracle, but I'm going to go Green Bay in this one. No, yeah, I'm going to go Green Bay too. Uh, I the, I don't think the Vikings are going to be a, that great. Um, I think they're a good team, but the Packers are a great team. They are. Uh, so Yeah, maybe uh, LaFleur and, and Rodgers finally get their relationship worked out and, when and they things win- start to click. They went what thirteen and three last year with all those issues. Twelve and um, four. They had a good record, but then they flamed out in the playoffs. Um, yeah. You know they were a good offensive team, but their defense couldn't really stop anybody. So we'll see how it goes this year for them. Um, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Obviously, we're yeah. familiar with this Tennessee team. Jacksonville got a a week one win over who who did they win? Because it was kind of a shocking. Uh, uh win. they it was like an upset, wasn't it? Oh, Indy, yeah. Yeah, that's who they beat. Yeah, um, yeah, they go to Indy and beat Philip Rivers and that squad. I think Gardner Minshew actually played really well. I think he had like three or four touchdowns in that game. He um, went nineteen for twenty, a hundred and seventy-three yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, so I don't think they're gonna do that again. 
So I'm going to go Tennessee. I don't think uh, Derrick Henry gets bottled up the way he did uh, last week. So I'm, I'm going to go Tennessee this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Tennessee as well. I feel like <laughs> that Jacksonville win was a bit more, uh, I guess, lucky. Um, but Philip Rivers <laughs> had two picks. So, well, so he's, <laughs> he's back to back being Philip Rivers. Yeah, so, so it travels then. It, it, it <laughs> came with him from Los Angeles to uh, to Indianapolis. So that that's good. Good for them. They felt like they were quarterback away, and <laughs> they, they may not be now after this one. They Minnesota versus – yeah, Minnesota versus Indianapolis. Uh, man, I don't even. I could see this game going both ways. Um, I think. I don't actually. I'm not gonna even guess. I don't even know who the favorite is in this one. Do you know who the favorite is in this one? It looks like Indy's at home. I would say that they probably have I the think... advantage just because they're at home. Well, it's it's a minus three, which usually when it's a minus three, it's pretty much a push. Um. They usually give the minus three to the home team just because. So I'm guessing it's just, it's a flat out push. But this one's easy for me. It's Minnesota. Really? Yeah. I don't think it's easy at all. I mean, I Minnesota, just don't know who I can trust in this game. <laughs> Minnesota's a good team. They just lost to a great team in Green Bay. So um, the Colts, I don't think are going to be that good. So, yeah, it is easy for me. Minnesota. Uh... And well, Philip Rivers would give him a couple. I'm I'm a, I'm a circle back to that one. I'm still I'm gonna still kind of stew on that one. Uh, Buffalo versus Miami. Buffalo is playing out of their minds. I don't I don't know how there's any way you cannot select Buffalo in this game. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, Buffalo. And then from there we get to San Francisco and the Jets. Uh, San Francisco with a tough loss week one. Um, I think they bounce back against a bad Jets team. Um and uh and get the win. Yeah, the, a couple of easy games here. Uh, yeah, 49ers. And then we got the Rams taking on Philadelphia. This is another one of those games where it's kind of a, a weird one for me. I get Philadelphia's zero and one. Um, obviously they're down. Who was it? Their left tackle got hurt, and then Jason Peters had to go back to left tackle. <laughs> he wanted more money, and they they pushed him to guard. And he's like, okay, well if I'm gonna have to play left tackle, I want more money now. And they're like, are you kidding me? So, um, this one, I think I'm leaning towards the Rams, but I don't feel comfortable about it. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I think what the Rams did defensively against Dallas, though, was pretty impressive. I'm going to take the Rams, but I'm not going to be shocked if Philly wins. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. We're both on Pittsburgh uh, for the Broncos game. Carolina versus Tampa Bay, both teams coming off of a loss, even though Carolina was it was essentially a shootout with the Raiders in that week one game. Um, I think C, uh, C-Mac had a good game. I'm not sure what his stats looked like. Um, but they take on Tampa Bay, who obviously is coming off of a loss, versus New Orleans, uh, which, you know, is to be expected given the circumstances. You're integrating Tom Brady, you know, new team with all these weapons. And, I mean, we saw this Peyton Manning team when he first came here. That, that first year, they started off 2-3, and three, I think they did. Yeah. And then they rattled off like 11 straight wins or something like that. So, I'm not shocked that they started off slow. I do, though, think that they get the win this week. Yeah, Carolina's defense is really bad. They were really bad last year. They're still really bad. Um, Tampa Bay has a good offensive week. And they don't have Drew Brees on the other side. So. That's true, right? It's Teddy Bridgewater. Um, really, the only thing you probably have to worry about is Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, yeah. maybe Curtis Samuel, but 
And at that point, I think uh, C-Mac's really the biggest weapon. And if you stop him or at least contain him somehow, then you have a great chance of winning the game. Washington versus Arizona. This is a battle of two teams that are kind of young and I don't know if Washington's up and coming. I guess Arizona is, given the talent that they acquired with DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, we know Kyler Murray's there. For me, I'm going to go Arizona this one. Um, But I think, again, this is just one of those coin flip games where I could see it going either way. I was surprised that Washington beat Philly. Um, That was impressive. But Arizona, they're really good. Uh, They have a good defense, too. Um, You know who's coaching the defense? Vance Joseph. <laughs> uh, Kyler Murray is uh, is unbelievable. Getting DeAndre Hopkins for <laughs> pretty much nothing. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm picking the Cardinals. They're they're a really fun team to watch. Um, do we really need to spend any time on Kansas City versus the Chargers? No, Kansas City will win. Okay, that's that's just wanted to make sure that there. At least the Chargers are used to having no fans. That's kind of nice for them. Oh, see, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to go there. You didn't have to be mean. <laughs> Okay, they're they're dealing with a lot already. All right, so you didn't have to be. Mean. Oh, they're in LA. You didn't have to pile on. Uh, Baltimore versus Houston. Do we need to spend any time? Is this gonna be close? I, I think Baltimore wins this one. I think it'll be actually close, but I'm I'm gonna take Baltimore too. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with this. All right, Baltimore for you, Baltimore for me, and uh, we got the Sunday night football game: New England versus Seattle. Obviously, not the same sort of ring to it without tom brady there but cam newton i mean he he did well week one they they came away with a win albeit against the dolphins but they came away with a win so i i still think seattle's a better team here you're going to seattle obviously that doesn't mean as much with no fans but i think seattle's a better team i'm gonna lean towards seattle this week yeah i'm going with seattle but uh josh mcdaniels is a good offensive coordinator he's he's gonna know how to use cam newton i would not be shocked if the patriots won um but I, I'm going to go Seattle. I'm going to kind of keep it safe. But, I, I mean, Seattle just look they're, – they're, in my mind, it's Kansas City 1, Seattle 2. Like, Seattle's really good. Yeah. Uh, wow, over Baltimore, huh? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, well, and I, I think Russell Wilson's the second-best quarterback in the league. A lot of people actually think he's the best. Um, really? But – I think yeah, he's I, easily I, the second best. But um, there was a few people I saw on Twitter that were saying that he's. I mean, he was very efficient. Um, yes, but Wilson. it's 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 another Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, another guy you wanted to trade for. <laughs> so they're they're the two best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Um, you just wanted to trade both of those guys for context for, for rookie quarterbacks that haven't played. You know, so it's you know I I choose the Hall of Famers, but that's just me. You you'd rather have. The young guys who could flame out and lead you into the ground. You'd rather have Drew Locke. I'd rather have Hall of Famers. That's just me. I'll I'll get my revenge here in in a few minutes. Well, all right, <clears throat> we'll see. Uh, what, what do you mean your revenge here in a few minutes? What do you You'll mean? You'll see. You'll see. I've I've been I've been waiting for something today, so we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's gonna do it for. Do you want to do the Monday Night Football pick, or do you want to wait till Monday? Oh, we can wait till Monday. Okay. Um, I'm 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 gonna the the one game I was undecided on. I think I'm gonna lean Minnesota. Because after you just mentioned that Philip Rivers had two interceptions, if I'm choosing between who I trust more, which I don't trust either of these guys with my life, like if if they were like, Steven, you're tied to a train and you need to choose between two quarterbacks to win you a game, it's Kirk Cousins and it's Philip Rivers. Who are you trusting? I'm going to say neither. Uh, Well, I'm going to say neither. I'm going to say, well, I'm I'm probably going to die now. So because either they're going to tie or both get blown out. So... 
if I had to choose, though, I'd say Kirk Cousins because I think his team around him is better. Uh, but again, I do not feel comfortable about this. This is the week that Philip Rivers looks like old Philip Rivers in San Diego and not Chargers, Phil- LA yeah, Chargers, Philip like Rivers. Yeah, in three years. Yeah, well, so this this is just the game, though. So that's what. So recapping our picks, Brandon has the Giants. I have the Bears. Uh, we both are on Dallas. We're both on Green Bay. We're both on Tennessee. We're both on Minnesota. We're both on Buffalo. We're both on San Francisco. We're both on the Rams. We're both on Pittsburgh. We're both on Tampa Bay. We're both on Arizona. We're we're literally choosing the same team for every game remaining. So the only game we differ this week is uh, New York Giants, Chicago Bears. So and like I said, uh, I'm okay with you know just taking it slow. You're gonna blow your I'm you know Thursday night games and you're not getting in my head. Just not, chip away. You're not doing just it. Like, you're no, like you're Patrick Beverly chirping from the sideline at me when I miss my free throws. But little do you know, I'm a 90% free throw shooter, and I'm wetting these things. And this game's over. You're going home. Okay? That's what's happening. All right. Well, we'll right. see. What's Thursday night game this upcoming week? Uh, Miami-Jacksonville. God, I do not feel comfortable about choosing oh, anything in that, that game either. A, that could be a fun one. Uh, yeah. What What is with all these terrible games for Thursday night with just terrible teams? And it's like a point. It's been flip. a thing for the last two, five years. Denver, <laughs> New York Jets. Oh my God. Tampa Bay, Chicago. Or at least right. that one. I let's Let's get to before we get to the Nuggets. Uh, I want to get to something here real quick. Okay. Go on ahead. <laughs> so, so I I want a formal apology. Um, I want you to say that uh, I was right, you were wrong. Uh, Chris Middleton and Paul George oh, no, 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 are no, no. the exact not, same mm-hmm. players. Nope, not apologizing. You want to you want to go down this road again? You you really? Paul George is still a better player, even though he looked like really? way off P. Yes, Paul George is still a better. You're player. you're gonna take the guy that that hit the side of the backboard in a wide open corner three. Then yeah. Chris Middleton, who put up 30 points in back-to-back games. Okay. Well, and, you're, and you're, game. What about all the other games, though, that he played? He showed up in the big moments. Oh, well, he had and no he, choice. And, he, and if you looked at his playoff numbers, they were better than Paul George. How many shots did Middleton take to get to 30? Doesn't matter. At least no, he got that matters. <laughs> that matters. In the one win they got without Giannis, he hit the biggest three of the game, the closeout three. I would hope so. He showed up. Yeah, well, they had no had, choice. They had, had to force like feed him. Points. Listen, Paul George is still better. One one guy has been a perennial All Star, and been there, done that, and was an MVP candidate a couple years ago. And the other guy has I, I've been told he's an All Star. Well, he is an All Star. I've been told he's this great player. But when we come to the playoffs, no, 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 he I'm shrinks. not saying I'm not saying he's a great player. But he had 36. What what game is this? This is why doesn't it say what game this is? Well, in one of the games against Miami, I don't know why it doesn't say which game this is. Uh, he had thirty six, eight assists, eight rebounds, um, on twenty eight shots. So, but he had thirty six. Uh, Giannis. Oh, that's shots. the game that Giannis got. What game did Giannis get hurt? Was that game four? Game five, I think, or six. or no, Wh- whichever. Well, they got, they lost in five. So it wasn't game six. Okay, well, it's three, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't I don't know. What whatever whatever that game was, uh Middleton put up 36, 8 and 8, and then the next game, uh he had let's see, he had 23, 7 and 6. 
What did what did what did Paul George do? Yes, or uh, a couple days ago, well, Game Seven he I looked forget. bad. But what about Game Six where he had thirty three five steals, six rebounds, or you okay. know Game Four or excuse me Game Five where he had twenty six. What, what was what was his playoff stats? What what was his overall uh, playoff stats? Can he averaged twenty two points. He averaged five rebounds and four assists. Wait, hold on, let me find Middleton's. I don't know how you got that so fast. That was it. Oh, excuse me, that was in the Clippers series. That he averaged 22 points, uh, five rebounds, coaching. four uh, assists. Okay, hold on. I'm trying to find... <laughs> this is like... If you just go to ESPN.com and go to their game logs. Okay, go to the player and then go to game log. I was trying to go with uh, basketball records. Listen, um, I mean, Paul George had one, two... So, in three, the 10 four, games five, in the ten six. games that Chris Middleton played, he averaged 20 points, seven rebounds, six assists. That was in which game? That was throughout the playoffs. Throughout the 20 playoffs? points, seven rebounds, six assists. No, I mean, they're going to have similar averages, but one guy's still better. <laughs> they're the same! They're no. the same player! No, one guy is still better. How many, how many games did Chris Middleton score 30 points in the playoffs? How many games did Paul George score 30 points in the playoffs? Uh, one, two, three. Okay. That's, oh, God, I got to go back to that. It's plain sound. Uh, he had 35 in game, what is that, five of the Dallas series? Why, Why is this playing ads? He had 32 Ooh, cool. in game three versus Nuggets. He had 33. He also had a 26-point game, a 27-point game. Let's see. Um, he had he did only have one thirty point game, but against Miami, yep. hold on, against Miami. No, actually, his last seven games, he put up at least twenty. Um, he had twenty one, twenty one, then twenty eight, then twenty three. Did have an eighteen in there, and then a thirty six at twenty three. What what was what was Paul George's last uh, seven seven games again? What? He had ten, ten but he had thirty. Uh, he had thirty three, twenty six, ten, thirty two, twenty two, and nineteen. So he was less. He was even more inconsistent than than Middleton. Interesting. Middleton also had uh, let's see, ten rebounds, three assists, ten rebounds, seven assists, six rebounds, five assists, six rebounds, eight assists, three rebounds, seven assists, eight rebounds, eight assists, seven rebounds, six assists. He also had. Uh, one steal, one steal, one steal, one steal, two steals, two steals, two steals, and another steal. <laughs> you just went through every game. <laughs> well, I, I'm no, assuming that, he had all those rebounds because he's following his shot that he continuously misses. So uh, that's why I'm, I'm assuming he has all those rebounds because he bricks literally every shot I what, ever what, see. What did, what, did, what did Paul George do again? What do you mean? He got his team to seven games. It was off oh, of his he, back. he got his yeah. team to seven games. Yeah, it was off his back. Not, yeah. not Kawhi, Pat Bev, the Nuggets Listen, crapping on themselves the first four games. Paul George is a better player. He's not significantly Chris, better. I, I forget, did Chris Middleton take that three that hit the side of the backboard? Did Chris Middleton go uh, 0 for whatever in the second half of a closeout game? Well, Chris Middleton was also on the one seed and got bounced, so... In five games. And we're going to blame all that on Chris Middleton and not Giannis. Uh, I think a lot of it, yeah, is on Chris Middleton. Not not all of it, but a lot of it right. is. Right. You can't tell me that Chris Middleton gets more hype than he actually deserves. So Paul so Paul George blowing a 3-1 lead doesn't get any of that flame. It, it's no, all going it to go to Kawhi then? But it's also, he's also a large part of the reason why they went up 3-1. Weren't the Clippers favorites to win the title, not the Bucks? They were. Correct. Okay. 
but I, I would say a lot of people thought the Bucks had a good chance at winning the title as well. So they, Chris they Middleton did. gets way more hype than he deserves. He gets hyped he put, up as had, what Paul George's 30, accolades he had 30, are. He had 36 and hit the game-winning three. He also had 23-7-6 and six in his final game. Mm-hmm. Without Giannis, by the way. Both those without I would Giannis. hope he would do that. I know it takes him 47 shots to get 36 points, but that's, you know. It took him 28. Yeah, 28 to get 36. That's not very efficient. What did Paul George do in game seven? Nothing. Okay. Had a bad game. It's because Denver's defense oh, is great. Had, yeah, you know, he had 10 points multiple times in the playoffs, right? Denver plays great defense. What can I say? Great defensive team, like Miami. They lock down. They lock into you. Uh, Listen, I'm not saying Middleton sucks, but he's not as good as Paul George. They're the same exact That's way. not to say that Paul George is leaps and bounds better than Chris Middleton. One of, like I said, one guy is Heinz ketchup. The other guy is great value ketchup. They're still ketchup. They're close. They're similar. But Heinz is a little bit better than great value. You prefer I'm not saying, Heinz over great value. No, I'm not I'm not saying Middleton is better than Paul George. I am saying that they are the exact same player. They do the exact same things. And I'm I'm even giving myself less credit here because Chris Middleton played much better than Paul George did in a final game. At least he showed up. At least he tried. Did they lose, though? So did Paul George. Paul George got embarrassed. Yeah, but his, so did his other teammates, though. He blew a 3-1 lead. Yeah, he was a part of the what team. What did he that do did. in those closeout games? Well, what about what about Chris Middleton getting down on a team that was supposed to win that series? Giannis got seed. hurt. Well, if he's as great as he says At he is. At least Paul George had Kawhi to take some pressure off him. Paul George Listen. missed some wide-open threes. Why? Because he has Kawhi Leonard on his team. At the end of the day, Paul George is still the better player. One guy's a perennial all-star. Had a chance of being a Hall of Famer. I don't think he has it now. Unless he perennial redeems himself. All-star. A perennial all-star. He is. He's been to like six all-star games. Six or seven. And, at, you know, Middleton's been to like two. You cannot Too tell straight. me that Middleton. Wait, 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 wait. Did Paul? I forget. Did Paul George make an All Star team this year? Uh, I don't think so. No, but no, he made one no, the year before no. that. So, mm. I'm just saying. Okay, Chris Middleton made two straight. Well, I mean, it is the East, so you know. I mean, they're allowing people from like the eighth seed Charlotte Hornets to participate. What was what was the All NBA teams here? Uh, NBA. I don't know. Are we really about to spend the last like twenty minutes on Paul George and Chris Middleton? Can we get to Nuggets game seven, please? Everyone knows game you're seven. wrong. Who would you, you rather already have? on game seven? Who would you rather have? Wait, <laughs> or not game seven? Or, no, <laughs> game one. That's what I mean. It should be game seven. <laughs> we need to start three one, and preferably be, preferably start each game in the second half. All right, all right. Let's let's get to the conference finals. All right, yeah, things that actually matters. Paul George is better. All right, anyways, <laughs> game one, uh, as we wrap up today. Uh, obviously, the Nuggets are underdogs in this game, underdogs in this series. I mean, listen, I've counted this team out twice already, and they've they've won. Part of me feels like, I don't know if this feels like a team of destiny, but just like a team that's... Right. 
a team that's of miracles. That's what I'm fighting with. That's <laughs> what I'm fighting with. Is this really a team of destiny? Is I, this? I would say the Heat almost have like a feel of a team of destiny. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the Nuggets have that feel of like they're they're getting bounces and, and miracles. Now that's not to say that they're not playing well to earn those things, which because they are. And listen, it it takes time. Like it's not off of luck. Like you win no. one game by luck. Okay, in in the NBA, in the NHL, in the, the MLB, better team wins. When they the better, have the series, day, better yes. team wins. When they have series, you know, any given Sunday, anything can happen. The the lesser team can win. In the NBA, barring any injuries or anything like that, the lesser team usually doesn't win. And people will say, oh, but the Clippers have the better roster. Yes, they have the better talent, but they don't have the better team. Okay, you don't always have to have the better talent to be a better team. Look at the the the, the finals between the the Pistons and, and the Lakers. The Lakers had the better talent, but the Pistons proved well, to have the better team. Here's what, hold on. Here's what I'll say about the Clippers though. Do they really have the more talent? Because yes. when I look, Sorry. when I looked, when I looked at when I look at that roster. Kawhi and Paul George are, are, are a really good player. Kawhi is a great player. Paul George is a good player. And a really good player. I forgot the really. Nikola Jokic is a great player. He's not as he's 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 not necessarily as he's not as good as Kawhi, but he played better. And he, actually, I mean, I I feel like they're almost a push, those two. Paul George is just as inconsistent as Jamal Murray. At least Jamal Murray shows up in big moments. Okay, come on. Um, Don't get too disrespectful. And then, and then when you so let's just say those those four are a push. Okay, when we get to the others, Montrezl Harrell is a really good player. He is, and they have the quote unquote dogs that you know uh, feed themselves uh, in 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 this series, Um, but. Montrose Harrell is a good offensive player who can't shoot. He's a solid defensive player, but he doesn't have the size. Lou Williams is a great offensive player who is not very good defensively. Patrick Beverly is a great defensive player who is not very good offensively. Marcus Morris is a good role player, but very inconsistent. So when I look at the rest of their other guys, right, I see a bunch of one-way guys who are pretty inconsistent. When I look at the Nuggets and their other players, yes, they're inconsistent, but they have they have more two-way guys. Gary Harris is a two-way guy who can knock down threes, and he was knocking down threes pretty consistently. Mm. Jeremy Grant... Although he didn't play great throughout the series, he had a really good game seven. And he was great defensively. Uh, uh, Jeremy Grant might have been the best defensive player in the series. Gary Harris might have been the second best defensive player in the series. Not, not, not Patrick Beverly and not Montrose Harrell. It was Jeremy Grant and Gary Harris. And they're both guys who can not just shoot, but score. They can get to the rim. They can get offensive rim, and they can also score, too. So then you have Monte Morris as a backup point guard who wasn't very good in the series, but he played really well in Game 7. I, 
look, I don't think the Clippers were a more talented team, far and away a more talented team. I think it was pretty close. I do. I think at the end of the day, it came down to the stars showing up. But the rest of the team, I, I thought, although the, and look, every role player, all every team with the role players are, and the other guys are inconsistent. That's going to happen. But the Nuggets role players were more consistent, I think. And they pl- they played better on both ends of the of of the ball, and whereas the Clippers they had a bunch of guys who played great on one end and didn't play well on the other. So and then uh, with Game Seven it, it came down to, you know, your your stars not showing up or showing up. So I don't think I I get why people are saying the Clippers were the more talented team, but I don't think they were that much. I think it was a lot closer than everyone thinks, because it's like Paul George the and Chris nut- Middleton. <laughs> Same thing, right? One team's just a, has a little bit better than the other team. But 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 again, I think the but again, we always say the more talented team usually or the better team usually wins. I mean, are the Nuggets? And then I I didn't even mention Michael Porter Jr. I think the Nuggets are actually the more talented team. I think they. I think at the end of the day, it was youth that w- is what put Denver in bad situations. It was being young, whereas the the Clippers, they're a talented team, and they're but they're all like thirty years old. They're, they've all you know, at least well, not all, but they they've been at least most of them have been in the playoffs before, right? And they have gone deep into the playoffs at least. One guy won. Whereas the Nuggets, they were all a bunch of 23, 24, 25-year-old kids. But I think they had more talent. I do. I, at the end of the day, I think the Nuggets had maybe not at the very – well, see, again, at the very, very top, they were right there. And then throughout the team, you look at it, they're right there. I, so I don't think you can really say that the Clippers were the more talented team. I don't. And, th- and that's why I picked originally – before the Utah series happened, I picked Denver over the Clippers because that's, uh, I, I just like the Clippers have the dogs and they have a lot of talkers, but at the end of the day, those talkers can only do one thing. And that was either play defense or play offense. Yeah. So I mean, when you break it down, when you look at it that way, I mean, yes, do the, do the nuggets have more guys that are, more two-way style players in one way yes when you when you break it down like that yes um now i don't think anybody would have you know foreseen that Nikola Jokic would have outplayed Kawhi Leonard or at least matched right. him um right. i don't think anybody would have thought that Jamal Murray would have matched uh Paul George and in right. certain instances been better than him and this could be just a situation where the nuggets have two young players that have ascended and, you know, we talked before the, the playoffs and we, we talked about, you know, first takes list of, you know, top 10 players in the NBA. And they had Jokic at 10 and we were discussing, you know, yo, we, we could see how Jokic be, could be at 10, but we could also see if he's just on the outside. At this point, and I get, you know what, his regular seasons, there's always a month and a half grace period for him where it's just like, man, he looks really weird. terrible. But when you get to the playoffs... And when you get to the biggest moments, he shows up and he plays his best ball in the biggest moments. And you know what? At this point, I will take that. I'd rather my best player 
play his best in the biggest moments, uh, whether that's primetime games and playoff games and elimination games, over over you know November twelfth, it's a Tuesday night in Phoenix, and he takes three shots the entire game. I will now live with that because now I have two sample sizes or a few sample sizes of okay, this is what he does, but I also have the sample sizes of what he does in the playoffs. And I think there's no question now Nikola Jokic is a top 10 player. Now, I think we're having the conversation of, can he be a top five player? Right. You know, what, what does it take to get that? Because who in the NBA can you say is leaps and bounds better than Nikola Jokic? Obviously, LeBron, KD, I'm still putting Kawhi as a top three player in there. Um, but once you get past those guys, Steph. you have your ADs, your Stephs, your Hardens, your Damian Lillards. Luke oh, I think I think Steph is. I think we forget how good Steph is. I think Steph is with those other guys too. Okay, so you'd put him at I, four. I, there's there's four superstars in the league. Okay, so you put LeBron James, at... Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry. So Steph Giannis is, is no longer. I used to have five. That it's four. But yes, yeah, Steph. Steph is still the. I think until someone really knocks Steph off, when he has his full group, then Steph. Look, Steph is. I think I think we're all all forgetting how good he really is. I'm not. Trust me, I'm not. Like I, I still know who the best shooter in the world is. Okay, yeah, he's a flat out superstar. Like, and man. it's not just his shooting either. It's his handle, ability to get to the rim, his passing. It's all of that. His yeah. leadership. It's all of his that. His playmaking, his dribbling. Um, yeah, no, he's 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 up there. Uh, so you have Steph at four. But once you get to your ads, your Hardens, your Damian Lillard, your Lucas. Are, are those guys really that much better than Nikola Jokic? Because I would argue no. that Jokic impacts the game in more ways than those guys do. You can make an argument for that. James Harden, yes, he's a great scorer and a great playmaker, but he's not a great rebounder. Jokic is a great scorer, a great rebounder, and a great playmaker. You know, passing, finding guys, making guys and better. And he's a good defender. He's when not he great. wants to. He's a good defender when, when he, he wants yeah, to, when, and he's engaged. He he's got great hands, um, and he can play you tough. Now that's when he's engaged. Is is Anthony Davis obviously is a great scorer, a great defender, good on the boards. Is he a great playmaker? Does he make his teammates better? Jokic matches him in that instance. Damian Lillard, great scorer, uh, good playmaker. Is he great defensively? Is he great rebounder? Does he make his teammates better? I don't think so. Luka, obviously we know. Now, Luka and, and Jokic are probably more comparable because both of yeah. them are right. great and, and playmakers. We're, we're a couple of years away from Luka, too. Right. So I think it's it's Luka is in a weird spot. Um, I think here's here's where I put Nikola Jokic ahead of all of them, though. That's something you didn't mention. Leadership. And uh, yesterday, uh, we both listened to Tim Connolly in an interview. And he brought up a story here in the playoffs when they were down early. I think it was uh, maybe in the Utah series. And no, him, this was the Clippers one. It was the Clippers? Yep, because he the said coaches, a few days. The other day, we were, Jokic was talking to yeah. the assistant. And the coaches were telling him, you need to be more aggressive early on. And Nikola Jokic said, no, I need to get these other guys involved because we need them. We need them. That's leadership. That's the guy who understands how to win these games. 
what you need in the playoffs. What do we always say when it comes down to game sevens? It's not usually about now game seven against the Clippers was a little bit different, but it comes down to the other guys. You need which, which other guys going to step up a last year. It was Rodney hood. <laughs> you know, you need those guys. If you, if those guys don't play well, you're not going to win. And look what happened. Monte played well. MPJ, although he didn't get a lot of shots, he played well. Um, Jeremy Grant shot the ball well. Gary Harris shot the ball well. Paul Millsap played well. The other guys played well. And if it wasn't for Nikola Jokic getting them involved early and letting them know, hey, I trust you. I trust you. I believe in you. I'm going to put you in these positions to make plays. That gives those guys confidence. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George did not trust their other guys. And it showed. Kawhi Leonard waited until the last second to give up the ball. Whereas Nikola Jokic was looking for his other guys. And, and that's that's something that puts Nikola Jokic only with one other guy in the league. And that's LeBron James. They're the... It's funny, and everyone compares Nikola Jokic to all these other greats, right? And I understand. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, blah, 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 blah. But I compare Nikola Jokic to LeBron James. Now, he doesn't have the athleticism, obviously. Um, but he has, and he doesn't have the defense. But he has the IQ. And he has the leadership. And the playmaking. And the playmaking. There's only one other guy that I've ever seen make the type of passes that Nikola Jokic makes. And it's LeBron James. And Magic Johnson. Uh, but I, I, obviously I was not born to watch Magic Johnson. But I've seen games. Like Magic, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd. Steve Nash guys. is another guy. Yeah. Um, those guys that could pass the ball like that. Right. And so just it's, it's crazy. It, it's really amazing to watch. Not him just on the court, but you watch him in the post-game interviews. And, you know, it, it's just there's something about Jokic. She just has that thing, that leadership that you need. He has that. And LeBron has that. And I think they're really the only two players that ha that are that high level of IQ where they understand how to be a leader um, and how to how to get their whole team, how to make their whole entire team better. LeBron James carried the those Cleveland teams to the NBA Finals, not because he was putting up 50-60 like a Kobe or a Michael Jordan would have done, but because he understood how to get them involved into the game. And so now that does hurt both of those guys late in games. It, it has, and it continued to, it, it can, it will continue to do so because their IQ, their IQ is so high and their want to get their other guys involved also hurts them late in games. And it's almost that hurdle that they've both needed to get over of I'm the best player on this team. I need to close these games out, but they don't think like that because they, they want to make the right basketball plays. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. It's always for them, it's always about making the right play as opposed to taking over every second of the game. Right. And that's why I'm so excited for this series. I don't think the Nuggets are going to win this series. 
what I what I'm I'm so like just like last year, I wanted the Nuggets to play Golden State so badly. Not just because I wanted them to see them in the conference finals, but because I wanted them to to play against a team who understood how to win and and understood how to win championships and had guys who understood how to win games late in the fourth and under and know when to take games over and know how to lead. And so that's something that I'm really excited to see Nikola Jokic and even Jamal learn from LeBron James and, and play against him in a playoff series. They've played against LeBron in the regular season. They've gotten LeBron's best in moments, but playoff LeBron in the conference finals. Think about all of LeBron's greatest games. When do they come? Usually, when are all when are those games usually the conference usually, finals? You know, Not even the finals. The Magic, the, the Celtics, you know, right? The Raptors, the Bulls. Bulls. Yeah. We, we always the Pacers. We always think of Pistons. Did they those the Pistons? teams. Yes, the Pistons when he uh, in two thousand seven. Yep, yeah. it was the conference finals. Not necessarily the NBA finals. The conference finals. And it's because that's when he turns it on. Obviously, he has those great games in the NBA Finals, Pacers. and we can name them. But, but he has those games against in the Conference Finals, and so I am I'm so excited for Nikola Jokic to see playoff LeBron. We've been talking about playoff Jokic, right? There's a difference with LeBron. He's the the first two rounds LeBron usually coasts, but in the Conference Finals is is usually when he turns it on and although i'm terrified of that i'm also excited for nikola Jokic to see that i'm excited for jamal murray to see that because they need to see it if they ever want to win a championship in the future which i think they will and i think you know Stephen a smith said it they there's a championship in their future there is with those two nikola Jokic, jamal murray the way they play together the leadership with those two their ability to close games and their talent. They're going to get one. They are. It just depends on when Michael Porter gets there too, I think. But seeing what they're going to see with LeBron in this series, to me, is really exciting. And in a way, I hope that they lose in a 6-7 game series. Because I want them to have that feeling. And I want them to know that's where we got to get to. We're not there yet, but that's the guy that we that's the level that we need to get to. Well, tell um, you, if the if the Lakers win this series, it's not gonna be because that they're so much better than the Nuggets as a team. It's because of LeBron. It's because of LeBron James. And he's the best player in the world. So that that accounts for if you replace LeBron with, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you, the Nuggets have a real shot to win this series. And I, yeah. I think this series goes five. Um, I, I think you, in every series we're due for a Nuggets game where they get kicked in the face and they get completely <laughs> obliterated. That just happens. Right. So just prepare right. yourself now. It could happen tonight. So I don't think it's going to happen tonight, though, because LeBron, LeBron is known for – he doesn't really put his foot yeah, on like the pedal in game one. He feels you out. And it's usually the game that you can get. Look at the right. look at this – Look at this yeah. playoffs, but look at every other. He's playoffs. lost the first game one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's for it. Yeah, this but is I, I think I think we're due for a game like that. 
But just because I say it goes five doesn't mean that the Nuggets get handled. I think this will be right. a close series. Now, now the Nuggets can't listen. It's not sustainable to go down double digits every game and try and come back. Right. That's just not sustainable. So let's and not. It's not going to happen against. Let's LeBron. not fall in love with that. Okay, let's 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 try and actually just play well the entire game. Okay, um, but I think it'll be a close. You know, five games. I think, yeah. like I said, I think they're due for a game where they're going to get punched in the mouth and their teeth are going to get knocked out. But I think that it'll be a close five games, um, you know, or four four other games in where the Nuggets could win this, this series. I wouldn't be shocked if they got two games. Now, but the, the thing is, is now the advantage switches again. Now it's back to Jamal's side of things, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, because the Lakers, they've actually done well defending Jokic. Dwight Howard gives Jokic problems. He's athletic. He matches the size. I think that that gives Jokic a little bit of problems. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And they have bodies that they can throw at Jokic. It's AD, JaVale, you know, uh, even LeBron at times if he switches on them. Yep. They have the bodies. I think they're going to blitz Jamal Murray. I think they're going to do whatever they can to get the ball out of his hands. Um, but I think there's times, too, where Jamal is going to be able to have some freedom. Caruso can't stand they, they don't have They don't have the defenders that no. they don't – you know, in order to blitz, though, you need the personnel to do so. Um, I don't think they have the personnel to do so. Now, well, if they play drop coverage against against Jamal, it's that that's going to be terrifying for them. Um, well, I don't think Jamal they're going to do them. that necessarily, but I think Jamal will have an easier time getting away from the blitzes than he did against the Clippers because the Clippers were great at it. I don't think the Lakers are going to be that great at it, so I think that gives Jamal a little bit of space. Right, and that's why I say the, the Clippers, like it's Caruso, it's Rondo, it's Danny Green. None of those guys, I mean, even though Rondo and Danny Green are, are known in their past for more being defensive-minded players, they're not what they once were. So I think Jamal can have his way a little bit. And then MPJ, he played really well against the Lakers yeah. um, in, in the seeding game. You know, it's it's him and Kyle Kuzma. That's probably who's going to be guarding MPJ um, when he gets on the until floor. Until LeBron switches on or, him. Or <laughs> until LeBron is like, all right, I'm stopping your 10-point run. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in you a little bit. So... It's going to be an interesting matchup, and I, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, you know, Jokic and LeBron are the two best playmakers in the game right now. It's I, I'm not going to say it's not even close, but I think they're they're at least a step above other players when it comes to that. Um, they both w- are willing to die on the hill of um, making everyone better and making the right basketball play and dying as a team rather than an individual. Now, they always have to walk the fine line, and they're going to get killed for it over and over again throughout their careers, of taking over and making the right basketball play. Yep. Too many times they lean towards, I know I could get this hook shot off of, if it's Jokic, over, over Harrell, but man, Jeremy Grant is wide open in the corner for three. I'm going to swing that, and I'm going to, I'm going to trust him to make that. They'll, misses, they will pass it to a 90% right. shot instead of taking their 88% exactly. shot. Um, exactly. Yep. And that's that's what you have to live with with those guys. But that doesn't mean that they don't have a killer instinct because we've seen them both take right. over in games and have and have those game-winning shots. It doesn't mean that they have a killer instinct. Are they naturally passive? Yes, but that's not always a bad thing because they make the right basketball play. I'd rather have that type of guy than a guy who goes one-on-one the whole time and every now and then hits the clutch shot to win it. I'd rather have two guys who can, you know, that, that that can do both, and they can do both. It's just finding the balance of when do I take over and establish myself, and when do I 
get everybody else involved. And I think Jokic is on the precipice of understanding when. And I think those comments that you mentioned, which were just phenomenal, um, shows that he's 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 getting there. He's understanding that. You know, in Utah, well, it was a game five or six. He came out and had like 22 points in the first half. He knew, okay, I need to be aggressive. And then Jamal took over. Um, so he knows there's moments in games where he has to establish himself. And I think it's going to be a great series. You know, and like I said, if the if the Clippers, if the Lakers win this series, it's because it's LeBron James. That's yep. literally it. Otherwise, here, if you go down the roster, I mean, the Nuggets, the Nuggets well, have that's a better the roster. Then the Nuggets can win the series. Don't get yeah. us wrong. The, the, we're, we're not picking them, but the Nuggets can win the series. I wouldn't be shocked if the Nuggets won the series. Because, again, if Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray do their jobs to, to match LeBron and AD, mm-hmm. it comes down to the other guys, and I'm taking the Nuggets. Yeah. Right. But I just don't think that, you know, I think this is a bad matchup for the Nuggets. I don't think that Jokic will be able to match LeBron. And I, I, and I think, I think the Nuggets could actually do a good job on, on Anthony Davis. I do. Because Anthony Davis, I watched the Houston series. He takes a lot of, he's not aggressive to the rim. He's six foot, he's what, six foot 10, six foot 11. Yeah. All the talent in the world. But he he's not aggressive jumper. to the rim. He takes a lot of tough shots. A yeah. lot of step-back mid-range shots. Takes a lot of bad threes. If you can force him to do that, and and, and again, remember, just like what we talked about the Clippers going into Game 7 where they're not necessarily used to being in that situation, although the Nuggets have never made it to the Conference Finals, Anthony Davis hasn't either. Right? So... Again, the Lakers do have a lot of veterans that has made it, you know, with with uh, Rondo and, and LeBron. But Anthony Davis is a big part of their team. And if he, for some reason, kind of gets nervous because it's the conference finals where he's never been before and has all this pressure because now they're the favorites. And all that pressure, if it gets to him like it did with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, he's going to struggle. And if and the Nuggets have to do a good job of pushing him out, if he hits the shots, shake his hand. But do yeah, not let him get easy shots. You have to, you have to live with them hitting jump shots. You have to yeah. force him and LeBron. And luckily, both of those guys have spurts where they fall in love with the jump shot, and they're yeah. not completely one hundred percent aggressive. And those are the moments that the Denver Nuggets have to take advantage of, yeah. because LeBron, if LeBron is on a hundred and going to the basket every time, the the Nuggets don't have an answer for him. They no, have an answer for Kawhi because they could match Kawhi's size. You know, Jeremy yeah. Grant, uh, Torrey Craig, um, Gary Harris with the speed. Um, yeah. But the Nuggets can match LeBron's size, but they can't match his strength and his power. What? And if they collapse on him like they did Kawhi, Kawhi waited to the last second to pass the ball away. LeBron's yeah. not. He's too smart. Right. He's going to get rid of the ball just like that. So You're, you're you, playing Jokic. <laughs> right, exactly. You you're double playing him. Jokic. He's going to find the open guy. You cannot double LeBron. And and here's the thing. And well, you can. You just have to do it in smart I, ways. You have you to can't... do it in smart ways. But I would, I would rather LeBron beat me with 60 points than LeBron beat me with 25, 12, and 10. So I'm going to, in my mind, and look, I've watched almost every playoff game of LeBron, Le- mm-hmm. LeBron's career. He's my favorite player ever. In, in my mind, he's the greatest player ever. So LeBron does not like it when he has to score 40-plus, 50-plus. He's done it in the past, and he can do it. 
he does not like to do it. If you force him, you if you're the Nuggets, you have to force him. Say, LeBron, you got to score 50 to beat us. Because the other guys are not going to help you in this game. You have to get 50. We're going to take out everyone else. We're not going to let anyone else hit threes on us. We're going to put all of our focus on Anthony Davis. If you get 50, 60 points and you win, congrats. Mm -hmm. Usually, you don't want to do that with superstars. Usually, you don't want to do that with James Harden, Damian Lillard. You let the other guys beat you. LeBron is too good at making his other guys so much better than they actually are that if you let him do that, they're going to kill you. So... I actually would rather make LeBron put up the 50, 60 points than let him get 25, 12, and 10 and let Anthony Davis get 25 to 30. Rondo hit a few threes. Danny Green hit a few threes in the corner. Kyle Kuzma hit a few threes. I don't want that because you know what? They're going to hit those shots. I actually trust them to hit those shots because LeBron James will get them the ball quick enough to where they are so wide open, they're going to hit the shot. And he's going to put them in positions to get cuts, to get easy buckets at the rim, just like Jokic does. If I'm the Lakers, I'm saying, you know what, Jokic? Give us 50. If you can get me 50, we'll shake your hand. But we're not going to let Jeremy Grant get easy buckets at the rim, easy corner threes, Torrey Craig wide open threes, Gary Harris wide open threes, Jamal Murray wide open threes. We're going to make Nikola Jokic get 50. If you can get 50 and you win, we'll shake your hand. It's like I think that's how this I, I think <laughs> I think that's how this series is going to go. They're the, this is the, these are, this is such a <laughs> I keep on this is such a great matchup. If only Nikola Jokic was 3 years older. If only Jamal Murray was 2 3 years older, I think they could win. But they're not. They I think I think LeBron's experience his his just his ability and i think what the nuggets are gonna do too and i i i think lebron understands too what malone is gonna do is they're gonna make the others beat them and that falls right into what lebron wants you to do i think we'll see it's gonna be an interesting matchup tonight game one 7 p.m tonight um i'm so excited for this series i and i know going in the nuggets might get their face kicked in uh and they might get swept, but I'm just so excited that they get to play this team and it, learn from this. It team. sounds dumb, but I, honestly, it's I'm kind of happy to just be here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And that because they're not the supposed team. to. They're yeah. not supposed to. They're two, three years away. And remember how I've been saying all season. I've been saying this all season long. They're two, three years away. Yeah. Their window isn't even open yet. Well, it's it's they're not only so that. far ahead of schedule. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's not only that, but it's just for a franchise that we're just not here very often. And yeah. especially when you look at the last – like we, when we worked for Altitude, it was during the dog years. You know, it was it was during those Shaw years. So it wasn't great. At least I think it was it during the Shaw years. Or no, that was before we worked there. So that I, was, Well, I, I was there for uh, – I think we were there Malone's, for the first Malone year. I was – I was there for Malone's first. I think you were there the year Second after. Second So like yeah. the, 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 the early stages of this. But it was well, still... Wait, 20? It was still a learning team. 2016 for me is when I started there. So that was... I think that was past Brian Shaw. 
But I mean, we're we're coming off the heels yeah. of that, and yeah. the the first couple years, obviously with Michael Malone, you're trying to turn around the culture of this team, and Jokic wasn't what Jokic is now, and Jamal right. Murray was a puppy, and Gary Harris was a, you know a rookie or second year player as well. You know, this was a young team with a bunch of Bambies just running around, you know, and, and they were getting their heads kicked in almost every night, you know, winning 30 to 40 games a year. Mm-hmm. To think that we're here now, and it's been 11 years since the last conference finals, their fourth conference finals appearance as a franchise. Of course, franchise. this is the Lakers, too. Every, right. We, they had to play the Lakers, Kobe and the Lakers. Now you got LeBron and the Lakers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the luck of the draw, I guess. They but can't catch a break. <laughs> they, they have a chance to make history again. And obviously we're hoping that they do more, but uh, I mean, just given all the red flags of this season, you know, of Jokic coming in overweight and the team not looking good to start after a 57 win year last year. And it looked like they were kind of full of themselves and that they were kind of just complacent and, you know, given all that and the injuries that they went through, it just felt like a year that was destined to be just kind of underwhelming. And then you get to the playoffs, and it's the seeding games aren't looking ga- great. And then you have the you know, the Utah series go the way that it did, and you're like, man, this was just a, a crappy year. And for them to just turn it around, it just shows you we know what the potential of this team could be. They just have to find a way to get there and unlock it. And they, they're starting to. It's like they, they've unlocked a little bit of it, but there's still so much more that they could obtain. And uh, hopefully they can get there, and it starts tonight. It's game one. You know, we've counted them out throughout this point. Maybe they prove us wrong again. Who knows? But, but I- I'll say this, though, for two Nuggets fans. If they if the Nuggets win tonight, don't get excited because usually series. for the Lake or usually for LeBron, it's it's usually game one that you can get. Now, if you're the if if the Nuggets lose tonight, that's that's actually trouble because the, you this is the game to get you. If you want a chance at winning the series, you have to get tonight. Because you're not going to win game two. You have to win tonight. If they don't win, there goes the series, in my mind. Um, I think it would it'll probably end in five if they if they lose tonight. If they win tonight, I think it ends in six and the the Lakers do win. But um if if they if you want any shot of winning and beating the Lakers in the conference finals, tonight's the night. You have to win. And I'll say this our predictions have meant nothing. So <laughs> right, right, that's true. <laughs> what, what you have said, what I have said, it has meant nothing. But but it's it's odds. LeBron. Yeah, he, he's made it to the NBA Finals mm-hmm. every year. He's made it to the playoffs since 2011. He's done it eight straight times. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be nine. It's gonna be nine. Most likely, yes. And until someone knocks him off, I it's a guarantee he's gonna get to the finals. That's what it's looking like. But uh, again. This is a team that just doesn't know when to go away. They He's going to get to the building. NBA Finals. They see the burning what? building and they run to it. The Nuggets <laughs> don't run from it. They just run to it. They're like, yes, let's go there. It's, it's going to be 10 times in 17 years for LeBron. Hopefully not. Unbelievable. Hopefully not. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Game one tonight, 7 p.m. It's probably on TNT. So, Yep. The whole series be a fun is on one. TNT. Uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in today and hanging out with us. Uh, obviously, we talked some Broncos and uh, made our picks and uh, talked some Nuggets. And hopefully, we're talking about on Monday, because uh, that'll be after Game 2. Hopefully, we're talking about a 2-0 Nuggets series lead, or at the very <laughs> least, hopefully 1-1. Uh, but for Brandon Stoll on the hopefully other side, I'm Stephen Priest Jr. We'll talk to you guys next time. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast.